We're not experts, much less competent. This podcast is friends bullshitting about conspiracies and also confirming absolutely nothing about it. But we keep each other in check by deep frying each other's topic. Consider yourself warned. Because whatever mankind must undertake. No, the f- the governor. That's they the f- get it. That's the place. Free men must fully share. Stop f-ing lying. God f-ing damn it! I'm getting pissed now. We propose to accelerate the development. They have human-animal hybrids, much larger than any now being developed. You have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis. Until certain which is superior. Oh, you're a nasty bitch that no one likes. We know. Bitch. No, I mean, okay. you saw the dude. And you offer her cocaine again. No government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Do you understand that? Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> Deep Fried Conspiracies. Jimmy, yes. Hi. How you doing, Trent? I'm doing well, but yourself? I am wonderful. Robs, how are you? I am uh, bloated. I went to Burger King and walked through a drive-thru. And Jimmy, you're surprisingly like bushy-tailed and beaver-eyed just from having McRibs all week. I had three McRibs in a row, uh, three days in a row. and uh, So how is the anus bleeding going? It is in blast mode. It is in blast mode? Blast mode. Just kind of like you ate diet like gummy bears? Blaster. <laughs> exactly. Diet gummy bears. It was a, diet gummy bears. You it, love diet gummy bears. I was, I was going to try to go for a full week, of, of but I, I gave up after three days. <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jimmy. It's, yes. It's your turn. It's my turn. You it's said I get turn. to I get to try to to drive this thing down the road and try to keep it out of the ditch. Well, yep. before we kick off Jimmy's turn, like we we gotta give him a, a touch of news. So the website's gotten through some uh, some updates on deepfriedconspiracies.com. Welcome to the uh, the podcast, guys. And call or text us. The number is two and eight three eight zero seven two three four. We want your feedback. Uh, how you like the podcast, your opinions on a conspiracy. Are we missing some details? Are we just flat wrong and you need to tell us? You know, call or text. Make it happen. Well, we can be flat wrong all we want. This is just what we think. Right. But they got to they they help us meme they, it. Well, they can call they us. Deep fry us. us. Or email us and say, hey, this is what I think. Deep We're always us. down for that, you know. Always down for everything. Oh, yeah. This, this particular uh, subject that we've come up with is probably one of the most controversial subjects ever in the United States history. And you know what we're talking about? Wait, what? comes up every episode? Bigfoot? I was going to say uh, Michael Jackson's transformation. Oh, when he turned into Caitlyn Jennings? <laughs> Bruce Jenner, Jenner Bruce you Jenner? mean? I don't Bruce know. Bruce Jenner? Bruce Jenner? Mean? Is that what happened? I, Bruce I think Je- he... Bruce Jenner became, or Caitlyn Jenner became, came from Bruce Jenner. That was, so it's not from Michael Jackson? No, no. The Michael <laughs> Jackson oh. transformation is chemically castrated by his dad so he can sing good. Sing. And then change pigments. And where does he live now? With Elvis. We all know that. <laughs> With Elvis. <laughs> we know that. He's on the Star Trek Enterprise. Oh. All right? I thought LeVar Burton was on that. <laughs> so what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about the JFK assassination in 1963. And our specific deep frying points, such as uh, clearly it was a body double. Body double? There, there's a thousand. Well, that's Jimmy's body double. I mean, we can have our own takes. There's so many. We'll get to what Jimmy believes, but let's go over the facts. Let's go over the facts. So you got to remember, you're, you're talking to a bunch of millennials that probably have not a lot of facts on the JFK thing, much less think it even applies to them. Never gone you know, to school and had to do a class project on that? I, I tell you what, right now, um, I understand that there's all kinds of like college 
credit courses you can take just on the JFK assassination that will throw every curve in the world at you that you can consider about this thing. This, uh, I personally don't believe it's ever going to be in our lifetime, even you guys who are a lot younger than me. I don't think we're ever going to truly know what happened. I mean, we might know a grain of truth, but I don't think we're ever seriously going to know what, what happened. There's so many different things. And, and the reason it became on my radar, I used to work for a grocery store for a number of years, and they sent us to Dallas, Texas uh, every year for... Uh, a food show we would go down there and we would purchase um, there would be a hundred vendors set up and there'd be hot sauces and, and uh, chips and all kinds of this crazy you think you think booth babes are great at like business conferences yeah bagging groceries they're basically in bikinis yeah exactly i don't know what the hell you just said me neither booth either. babes just, you never heard of booth it. babes just, booth babes oh, just go with it oh yeah where they've got the what? stop just go with it just go just with just it go pretend with like it. i know yeah. just pretend like you know <laughs> oh yeah Okay, so anyway... There's a thing that does the other thing, right? I'm sent to Dallas, Texas, uh, like three, four years in a row. And when you get down to Dallas, Texas, and and this isn't dinging on Texas at all, but there's not a, a, a lot to do in Dallas. I mean, you're there for a food show. <laughs> you, you don't say. The, here's, we, All so, they have is brain-eating amoebas nowadays. Yeah. Well, we, we asked the... Uh, well, they also have Elon Musk moving in now with his uh, new Tesla. Oh, boy. Uh, he's leaving California because of all the high taxes, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Thank you. But um, so we, we were talking to the concierge or whatever you want to call it at the hotel. We said, hey, what's there to do in town? Because we got some afternoons that are free. He goes, well, you can go over to the Reunion Tower and have drinks, which is like the Seattle Space Needle. But it's called Reunion Tower in Dallas, Texas. Uh, you go up about three, four hundred feet, and uh, it's got a revolving restaurant up there, and you have drinks, and it's just kind of it's kind of cool. And then you go over to Six Flags, and then you go down to see where Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, so we did all three, and we went down to the area where Kennedy was assassinated, and it just blew me away that. Um, this happened, everything that you've seen on TV a thousand times, you know, you're standing where history was made back in 1963. What really fascinated me is a shooting occurred on November 22nd, 1963. It was said that Lee Harvey Oswald shot from the Texas Book Depository window. Mm-hmm. And being from Minnesota and being from uh, a hunting background where I grew up with my, my dad and my brother taking me hunting, um, you sit there and do the logistics in your head and you're going, you know, Kennedy came straight at him for a full city block. and But yet he waited to shoot at Kennedy as he's going downhill at an angle. There is uh, some trees in the way. There's also a uh, light signal there that, um, depending on who you talk to, was actually nicked by one of the shots. A tree was? Or... Though the uh, light. Oh, oh, the pole. The pole. The metal pole was there. And so anyway, um, I had seen the JFK, all of us, uh, the movie by Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that just tore up the whole thing even more. I mean, they throw so much stuff at you. It's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm thinking, why would somebody not shoot at Kennedy coming straight at him for a couple of city blocks and, and wait till he goes downhill at an angle? And that's actually where they started accelerating because that is actually the on-ramp to the interstate or to the main road. So let's do a quick background before we get like deep in this whole assassination clause. So let's paint the political uh, background here. So Democrats and Republicans are not the traditional Democrats and Republicans that we have today. Thank God. So, I mean, honestly, they they were a completely (laughs) different thing. However, we still had like diehard conservatism with uh, Republicans and it was a more moderate uh, left for sure. But the political uh, climate. Thank you. Climate was Nixon versus JFK. It was a heated battle, and clearly the more charismatic person, the people that really felt drawn to, it was it was a complete battle of heart, uh, not near as much of point. And the clear winner was JFK just for his the sake of his personality. So 
people that uh, felt like Nixon was the clear choice, clearly he won a- after the fact. Uh, it was a very, uh, before politics got real as heated as they do today, really heated. They uh, they felt like uh, it was going to, you know, ruin different businesses. It was going to, you know, uh, fight against certain unions. And in the 1960s atmosphere was the real beginning and power birth of the mafia. The mob, the mob controlled the United States in many different ways. And if we move further on, we even find that Jimmy Hoffa was allegedly assassinated by the mob in, what was it, 71? Yes, 71. Disappeared uh, 1975, July 30th. On my birthday. Uh, Never to be found. 25 years before my birthday. Never to be found just because he was creating waves for the mob's money pool, which was the Teamsters, honestly. Uh, among many other ventures. And that is another... So are you hinting at the mob did it? Well, everybody believes that any major action the mob was was done at. So again, giving this background of all these uh, political uh, um, atmospheres and the pressures that... uh, JFK put against certain business lines really made him a open target for a lot of people to be expected, but they don't know how they can tie the mob back to it. You know, and you, and and so you have the mob part of it, and then this is right right during the missile, the Cuban Missile Crisis, where you know Cuba is ninety miles off the coast of, of uh, the United States, and you know we thought we we're going to go to war with them for a little bit, and so there's. There's the mob conspiracy. There's the Teamster conspiracy. Was like, was it, wasn't the Bay of Pigs before, like, somewhere around this time then? Okay, so and let's talk they... a bit briefly on that and how we can try to prove that the mob owned the United States of America. So when the Bay of Pigs happened and they had all of this um, guns and all of their gear, all of it was supplied by the mob. If they look in CIA documents, and this is actually given out to the public now because we have that 50-year clause on CIA's uh, top-secret documents, it is leaked to the public that literally they got delivered and paid for by the mob for the Bay of Pigs outfitting. And, And the mob said the CIA did it. The CIA did do it. It's mm-hmm. in the top secret documents, but right. the mob supplied it all, which means that they were either the CIA owns the mob or the mob somehow has its fingers in the uh, deep in the government. So deep it was the CIA at the time. Or they're working together. You scratch my back and well, I'll help you bury your body. Well, like, it seemed like the mob just kind of hired the CIA and then the CIA just was just the, the hitman. Maybe it was just an organization that gave a lot of information. The CIA is all about an intelligence agency. If they're deep in the mob and have control and use it as an asset, then they can just let them go by their, you know, menacing ways. And, you know, there there is another 10 conspiracies also of things that have happened. But those are the main ones uh, Oliver Stone brought up in the JFK assassination on his movie. And his movie stirred up a lot lot of angry hornets out there and they're saying that, angry hornets oh man people those, were, those murder hornets i've been hearing so much about exactly nowadays. Oh, okay so many people were pissed about stuff that was said that might have implicated certain people and the reason they keep putting this moratorium on, on top of everything is that a lot of these people that might have been involved with this are still alive so let, let's go to the facts real again because then we'll get into what we believe the information you brought to the table jimmy we're gonna get a little more serious than we normally deep fry topics just because there's so much of this shit out there people have dedicated their lives since 1960 to this bullshit from the top jfk the 35th president of the united states was assassinated on friday november 22nd 1963 at 12 30 p.m at central time in dallas texas right off the op ramp on the motorcade daily or Dealey Plaza. Dealey Daily Plaza. Dealey. Is it how it's spelt? Daily. Kennedy was riding with his wife, Jacqueline, Texas Governor John Connolly, and Connolly's wife, 
Nelly, I think that's how you pronounce that one, shot by former uh, U.S. Marine Harvey Oswald firing an ambush near a building. Governor Connolly was seriously wounded during the attack. The motorcade was rushed to Parkland Memorial Hospital, where Kennedy was pronounced dead 30 minutes after the shooting. Uh, Connolly did recover. Oswald was arrested by Dallas Police Department 70 minutes after the initial shooting. Oswald was charged under Texas state law of murdering Kennedy, as well as hit with the Dallas policeman T. Or excuse me, J.D. Tippett, who was fatally shot during the time of the assassination at 11.21 a.m. November 24th, 1963. As live TV cameras were covering his transfer from the city jail to the county jail, Oswald was fatally shot in the basement of Dallas Police Headquarters by Dallas nightclub operator Jack Ruby. Now, didn't they just walk in? So, I mean, just uh, just walk into the police. I thought I heard something about they just walked into the police station. Well, and they just again, shot him. they were transferring him. They were transferring him, and this yeah, op- they were still in the basement. Yeah, they were in the process of getting. They're him they're out. they're in a basement parking lot, and they actually have live footage of that too. We can watch that. It's it's a crazy deal. So note the connections here, right? We have Oswald getting shot afterwards to shut him up. They don't want him to go on trial. They don't want him to speak truth. Someone wants him shot up, and this whole thing goes back to a nightclub operator, right? And, um, Oswald was uh, shot in the um, basement of Texas uh, Dallas Club Night Raider the Jack Ruby, which there's so many ties to the mob with him, it's not even funny. So now we're back to the mob. So yeah. It all the surrounds tie, the mob. back into the mob. It all surrounds the mob forever. Okay, so then the mob and the CAA did it. Did they? Did they? There's no, there's not enough official proof, but we're getting through the facts now. Oswald was taken to Parkland Memorial Hospital, soon died. Ruby was convicted of Oswald's murder, um, though it later was overturned on appeal. Ruby died in prison in 67, awaiting a new trial. He died in prison. They're saying that he was injected with cancer cells because he was killed. He died pretty quickly once they diagnosed him with cancer. When it wasn't just like rudimentary, like, ooh, it's science fiction. They injected him with cancer and now he gets to die. It's literally Shut stuff to, it's, it's stuff to f- fail his organs and, mm-hmm. you know, fast track anything he would have in his body. Now, that's all allegedly. Now, continuing this, after a 10-month investigation, the Warren Commission, because anytime, like, shit hits the fan, we make a commission in this country to try to, you know, be as even and fair with things as possible. Um, the Warren Commission concluded that Oswald assassinated Kennedy, Oswald acted entirely alone, and that Ruby acted alone in killing Oswald. Kennedy was the eighth most, uh, eighth and most recent president to die in office and the fourth following Lincoln, Garfield, and McKinley to be assassinated. Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson automatically became president upon his death. After investigation of the United States Select Committee on Assassinations, <laughs> gotta love committees, agreed that the Warren Commission of the Injuries of Kennedy and Connolly sustained were caused by three shots. After right. investigation with the United States House Selected Committee on Assassinations, I uh, gotta have so many committees on everything, agreed with the Warren Commission that the injuries that Kennedy and Connolly sustained were caused by Oswald's three rifle shots, but also concluded that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. Uh, an analysis of the Dictabelt audio recording pointed to the existence of an additional gunshot, therefore. A high probability of two gunmen fired at the president. The committee was not able to identify any individuals or groups responsible for the conspiracy. In addition, this committee found the original federal investigations were ex- were seriously flawed. That was in their own words. And with respect to information sharing and the possibility of conspiracy. As recommended by the committee, a dicta belt... I don't know what that even means. I do. I know what it means. Help me. So what that is, is the police that were 
one of the one of the police officers that was on the motorcycle that you see with the limousine, he left his microphone on an open channel. And so the gunshots were recorded on his uh, dictabelt or whatever you call it. But it was an open microphone that he had uh, on his motorcycle. And they just, in the last few years, had just gone and they knew exactly where this, which guy it was that had an open microphone. And they were recorded and tried to find out where the sounds are coming from. Because in that area, so many tall buildings, it just keeps echoing everywhere. But they actually uh, were using that, trying to figure out how many shots there actually were. People that I talked to that were there uh, said seven or eight shots. So the Dictabelt evidence suggesting conspiracy was uh, subsequently re-examined and rejected. It was determined that a a Dictabelt sound recording in another location in Dallas about one minute after Kennedy had been shot. In the light of investigation reports, determining the reliable acoustic data does not support the conclusion was a second gunman. U.S. uh, Justice Department concluded active investigations and that no persuasive evidence can be identified to support the theory of a conspiracy in the assassination. However, Kennedy's assassination is still a subject of widespread debate and has spawned numerous conspiracy theories and alternative scenarios. Polls conducted from 1966 to 2004 found up 80% of Americans uh, suspected that there's a plot or cover up. Now, when you do any type of surveys, you always say 10% of that is always going to be false and another 10% just for good measure. So that's basically everybody believes that this, as they said it, did not how was it happened. Now, how it exactly happened, nobody has confirmation on, but we're getting pieces every damn day. Yeah, it is simply incredible when you start looking at all the information that's out there. Everybody's got some sort of new piece of information. Um, The last time I was in Dallas, Texas, uh, I talked to a gentleman down there who told me about some new information also, which I'll share here later on. But um, the reason that Kennedy was brought to where he was where he was shot is because all those buildings there are all a good chunk of them are all government owned and so when you had the map up earlier robs and and you see the reason he was brought in that area was so all the good people that work for the government could see their president and so you know well he wanted to he wanted to promote accessibility too that's why he had the open the open yeah open open vehicle that vehicle actually has a hard top, but it was taken off that day so they could, so the president could be closer to his people. Yeah, accessibility. Yep. Yeah, they wanted to see him. And, uh, you know, his wife Jacqueline was there. They were on a parade. They yep. were trying to show the government buildings and do their uh, merry little, uh, you know, parade supporting it, which all presidents do. It's a normal thing that they're going to try to support different agendas, different uh, you know, government buildings, different uh, places. Even like, you know, Obama went in front of these factories saying how strong the economy was. Every Every, every president has these, uh, you know, political parades. Yeah, and that was the first the first parade of the day, and it was his last parade of his life, unfortunately, because he had they had other plans to go do more later on that day in different parts of the area and stuff. So he he arrived um, on Air Force One airport called Love Field at 11:40 in the morning. At, at 11:45, the, the presidential motorcade left Love Field. At 11:50, he stopped to greet youngsters. Um, at a school, and then he, uh, uh, Kennedy and Conley got in the motorcade about 12.22, and by 12.30, they were shot. So, I mean, this just was... Just not long after he got Not long after he got dead. there, he, he was he was shot dead, yeah. Shot dead. Very un- unfortunate. Um, to this day, because of what happened of this, uh, just recently watched a Secret Service uh, stuff on National Geographic, and to this day, they still train, and they still learn from, from this film, and uh, they, they were showing that... What, what uh, more can you learn from that? You know, they... I mean, he, what more can you learn? I mean, you could have all the police surrounding him all you want, but unless you have the hard top on with the bulletproof glass and everything, you're not going to be able to do much about it. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that's why you never see... I don't know if you remember when President Obama won the election. 
and he got out of his limousine. And, oh yeah, and walked walked the, walked the block or whatever, and everybody was nervous. They lost their mind. The mm-hmm. Secret Service, but there again, the president wanted to be next to his people. Accessibility, which is yeah. completely understandable. Right. Well, but, I mean, you know, you want to show the American people that you're a people person. You know, you're not. I'm not a politician. You know, I want. I'm one of you. Yep. Just you know, up here making the decisions. So here, let me shake your hand, kind of a thing. Yep, kiss the babies and and uh, you yeah. know, shake the hands. But shake yeah, the just, babies and kiss the hands. Just exactly. <laughs> but just incredible the, the, the stuff that you know. The, the, Please these don't new, shake your babies. These new recruits are are schooled on on this, and they watch the Zapruder film a hundred times, and each time they have to come up with something new that they didn't see before as they're watching people. And what they're doing is they do a study of the people in the crowd. You know, you're watching for this. You're watching for people with their hands in their pocket and different things. And um, I, I don't know now. The thing I saw in the National Geographic special about what they learned from from uh, one of the assassination uh, assassination attempts of the president is now when you see like the president. If you watch the assassination of President Reagan, the attempt on his life when he came out of that hotel, they have they have the door open of the beast, which is the presidential limousine. And the reason that is is so if something would happen, they can push him inside. And that was never anything. Uh, to do with anything until the Kennedy assassination where they changed all the rules of what they used to do because of the Kennedy assassination. Well, should they should they have given given uh well should they have given uh Kennedy the same thing that uh Roosevelt had when he was when he was shot? What was that? Nice old wad of uh his speech. He got shot in the heart, but the speech saved it. I didn't know that. Yeah. The he yeah, the big the big thick speech in his front pocket when he got shot. Saved him from dying. He just kind of coughed up See, the bullet. Said, you know, well, F you kind of in his way. And what they didn't know is it was actually a porn mag in his pockets. <laughs> really? Is that what he pulled out and read? Well, yeah. And they just covered up. I'm like, no, it was a speech. <laughs> oh, Clearly. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. yes. <laughs> Keep going. It was Almost a copy there. of the American Bible, people. <laughs> there <on>. you go. <laughs> so well, the speech saved his life. So we're gonna get one of those, you know, for a president's head. They just tape it on there put a helmet on so let's go on more <laughs> background again you can look up different maps of this trying to show show the route but it's pretty much any standard like uh you know on ramp but it's just surrounded by a square block of buildings so again one side was buildings encompassed all the way around and then the only other you know because there's say, four walls in a box the other other wall was this grassy knoll the on-ramp right the infamous so grassy knoll yes the the route was literally coming in to it there's plenty of opportunities to get there so it's extremely controversial people say well if he's if he's a trained elite sniper right and he was going to shoot he would shoot clearly when he had the best accurate clean shot well take yourself as a hunter right you'd try to down the deer whenever you could but argument that they have in the precipice of it is he wanted the president quote-unquote far enough away to seem as though it wasn't a good shot is the argument that he's on the other side? People well, wouldn't no, think it it's this sense. direction. It, it, it makes sense because if you try to bring that up in you know any kind of a court, be like, well, yeah, you're a trained sniper. Why wouldn't you just shoot him when he's right in front of you? Well, you know, if he's far away, it makes it seem like it's not him. It, it's it's to me, it seems like it's a good argument. Well, and the thing is, is that, that seems impossible. How could you have done that? He well, shot him with a twelve dollar rifle that you could get um, okay. off a magazine. So let's go well, to that the that rifle fork. information. It's a he the plastic fork. How yeah. do you say that? Kakero, Kakerno rifle. It's a it's an Italian It's an Italian rifle. Bolt action M91 rifle. And let me tell you, uh I've actually shot stuff like this. They're clunky some bitches, right? Uh they shot what was the what was the time rate? 3 total shots in 5.6 seconds, right? So roughly a shot every 2 seconds. Roughly a little less than that. Now, it's bolt action. Even if you have a wonderful, like modern bolt action rifle, 
you can you can clip it off, but you ain't gonna get an accurate shot. Now take it as a cheap Italian rifle, and you're looking at yes, I can easily get up to like a shot a second, clink clink boom, clink clink boom, clink clink boom, and you're getting these shots off. But there is no way you can keep that length of a shot for three total consecutive shots in 5.6 seconds. There's no human way. You can't have an expert elite trained sniper shoot in the basket that he did in that amount of time. It's bullshit. There's yep. no way. And it, that's and, a fact. And they've still had a, um, several sp- specials I've seen on TV where they've gotten a guy there who is a, 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 a SEAL who's actually, after practice, could get it down to about five or six seconds to, to shoot that many times. But like he said... You the, can't get it in that breadbasket that he was shooting it. The accuracy... I mean, he's going downhill at an angle and he's shooting through the trees and and they they feel that they're one of the shots actually ricocheted off of one of the uh stoplights and uh i've been down there and seen it and you kind of you start doing the math he goes this does they don't make any sense in my mind but the infamous grassy knoll which is kind of um if you're looking where oswald shot from which was the was it fourth or fifth floor of the texas book depository that would have been another shot from the right and supposedly there's another shot from the other end uh there's people that were hurt on the other end where concrete came shooting up from the curb because a bullet hit the curb. Uh, I talked to a gentleman down there, and I, his name is uh, Bobby J. Dobbs, and I bought two two little magazines from him, and he actually was down there at the uh, area when we were down there in the 90s, and he was selling these things for five, six dollars a piece. Amazon still has them. They're still available. You can order them online. They're they're kind of grainy. They're kind of put together poorly, but it's very interesting, all the stuff he, he talks about. But one of the things I thought was, was so interesting, they interviewed hundreds of witnesses that were down there they all felt depending on who you talk to two to three shots somebody said three to four shots some guy said seven or eight shots you're not sure because it's echoing throughout the building but the thing that was interesting is all the key witnesses that came up that they took seriously were all dead in about a year and he gives in his little book how they died there was six of them where their brakes went on in their car kind of like a mob thing just happened to just happened you know People that killed themselves that had no reason to kill themselves. Uh, there is dozens of people that were key witnesses that just were all dead in a year. And I, I just, to me, what's that say? Cover up. It's the mob. It's the mob. But we don't want the mob coming here to Minnesota. So we're broadcasting. This you had to say Minnesota. Minnesota after that. Yeah. We don't want the mob to come to insert address here. Yeah. I'll give you trends. <laughs> don't address. don't come here. <laughs> all right. So again, that only had no other note was had a four time scope. Definitely not something that you want to shoot the, as far as he did, getting in that in that amount of time frame. Jack Ruby was, the again, the mysterious person. We could go into detail. I don't think it's it's warranted. Clearly, if someone's going to cover it up and the dude has mob ties, I, I have I have no more to go over. It's just, it's a crazy deal all the way around. And what was interesting about when Jack Ruby, he was friends with all the cops. He used to hang out in the bars with the cops. And so when Jack Ruby showed up to see the transfer of Oswald, after he was arrested for the shooting of Kennedy, they all said, oh, he's a good old boy. He's our friend, so they let him hang out. And uh, Oswald was actually handcuffed to one of the officers when Ruby stepped up and shot him. And, I mean, it was so obvious this, this guy is going down for this because there's it's on actual live TV. I mean, you actually can find it on YouTube, and you can see here where he steps up and shoots him. And, you never trust anyone. Right. And, and you're going, is he that great of an American where he wants to kill the person that killed the president? Or is he being paid by the mob and being told, we'll get you out of jail? Would you consider him a, a patriot then? No, no, listen. Would you consider him a patriot? You know, I, I shot the person that we believe shot Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Or would you want to see justice happen by letting him go to trial? Just maybe see a death sentence. That, that Do you want to be the punisher or the police? <laughs> What? I don't know. It's morals. I mean, you want to talk about the Punisher. Uh, look at Lee Harvey Oswald when they brought him in. 
they beat the shit out of him. Yeah. He had black eyes and he was scuffed up and he'd been drugged down the freaking road. And uh, the people were not happy that their president was shot. Of course. Oh. Well, nobody would be happy if their president got shot. No, but if you follow, there are so many specials out there. You could spend you could spend hours and hours and hours just watching all these specials where people presented a timeline where Lee Harvey Oswald was seen walking down the sidewalk from when he was found in the movie theater and stuff. And they're saying he would almost have to be in a dead run all day long to be all these places where people saw him. So let's go into a little bit of Oswald's life because I think that matters, right? Oswald was born in New Orleans, Louisiana on October 1939. Um, let's see here. Dad died of a heart attack two months uh, before he was born. Um, family was a Marine family in 19... 19- 90 or 1944 marguerite moved to new orleans to dallas texas where oswald entered the first grade in 1945 over a half dozen years attended several schools in the dallas fort worth area through sixth grade uh, oswald took an iq test in fourth grade and scored 103 in achievement tests that are in normally sixth graders he did twice uh, best of reading and twice did worse in spelling uh so he was pretty bright kid for his age. What are those grade skippers, you know? Yeah, well, a couple, oh, a couple of those well. things. Yeah, keep you from 6th to 10th grade. Sheldon. As a child, he was Sheldon. described as withdrawn and te- uh, temperamental by several people who knew him. When Oswald was 12 uh, in 1952, his mother took him to New York City, where they lived for a short time with Oswald's half-brother, John. Um, Oswald and his mother were later asked to leave after an argument in which Oswald struck his mother and threatened John's uh, wife with a pocket knife. Got a temper, huh? Uh, clearly. Oswald attended the seventh grade in Bronx, New York, and was often truant, which led to a psychiatric assessment of the juvenile reformatory. reformatory. Reformatory psychiatrist Dr. Hartogs described Oswald as immersed in a vivid fantasy life, turning the topics of omnipotence power, which Oswald tries to compensate for his present shortcomings and frustrations. And this is pretty uh, common for kids that are in abusive situations. Generally, when you find someone a little younger than Oswald's being described in this situation, you have two psych- uh, psychotropes, right? Either they don't eat or they piss and shit the bed. Because that's the only things that children feel that they have in their control. And when they're acting up and are in an abusive situation, they try to take care of it. Now, when that continues in an abusive situation, they put themselves in a fantasy uh, place to protect themselves from reality. So if he and it's all about power and control because he's felt like he's been a victim his whole life. Because clearly abuse is a set of foot. So this is pretty like atypical serial killer shit right here. So it goes into much more detail of Cybertropic guide- guidance throughout his uh, life. Um, he returned to school in 1953 fall semester. Um, this new play issues continued. So he was not exactly a great student. Um, Oswald had trouble spelling in his youth, reading spelling disability. Um, by age 15, he considered himself a socialist, according to his diary. Quote, I was looking for the key to my environment, and then I discovered a uh, socialist literature. I dug for my book in the dusty shelves of the libraries, and at 16, he wrote the Socialist Party for America um, for information of young people's socialist league, saying he's been studying the socialist principles for over 15 months. However, Edward, one of his closest friends... So apparently he had a lot of uh, help studying socialism and then getting dipping his toes into communism, he which, of to, course, he, everybody is going to try to paint in the 1950s, because yeah. why not? What are you going to do after World War II? He would stand on the corner handing out leaflets to people. As a teenager, 
1955, Oswald attended civil air patrol meetings in New York Orleans. Fellow cadets recalled him attending three or four times or 10 or 12 times over a one or two month period. So he was on uh, civil air patrol meetings. Then he enlisted into the United States Marine Corps in 1956, uh, just a week after his 17th birthday because of his age. His brother Robert was required to sign as his legal guardian. So his parents were clearly ripe and fresh age of 17 and uh, moved on, idolized his older brother, wore his Marine Corps ring, and so on. So moving forward into his history, um, Oswald taught himself rudimentary Russian as an unusual event. In February 25, 1959, he invited to take the Marine proficiency exam in written and spoken English. He was a level as rated poor understanding of Russian, uh, though he fared reasonably for a Marine private in the time of reading and writing. On September 11, 1959, he received a hardship discharge from active service, claiming his mother needed care and was placed into the corpse reserve instead to get out of his duties. Then he dedicated his life to the Soviet Union and it's even described defection is how it's. So he was with the Soviet Union until 1961, two years before the assassination. He wrote in his diary, I started to reconsider um, about staying. The work is drab. The money I got got me nowhere to be spent. No nightclubs, bowling alleys, no places of recreation, trade union dances. I've had enough and decided to go back to the United States. Kevin's like right now, doesn't it? And <laughs> it's kind of like no the US nightclubs, right now. no bowling, no money, yeah, nowhere he, to spend the money. He clearly had COVID before with. COVID and wanted to go back to the United States. Yeah. Uh, in March 1961, Oswald met Mariana. Mari, how do you say that? Marina. Where's it at? I don't see it. Prescavo, um, 19-year-old um, pharma Marina Prescavo? pharmacology student, married six weeks later. Oswald's first child was born on February 15th. So literally a six-week dating into marrying someone, immediately having a kid, and then having in that span of time where she applied to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow for documents, enabling her to be an immigrant in the United States after her child was born, and even gave a uh, repatronage loan of $435. Oswald and Mariana had their infant daughter who left the United States, and they received less attention from the press than Oswald would have expected. You know, the whole idea of someone defecting the Soviet Union, coming back, marrying someone bringing a soviet in was pretty big news in local uh local spheres today it would be like oh there's an immigrant mood in the area and no one would give two shits then it was like stepping into cold war territory you're bringing a soviet back to the united states are you a spy he was being looked at by by the united states government and that's why he got married so quickly because he wanted to try to pretend he was a family man <laughs> but they were watching him at that point nutty nutty shit the whole thing is crazy so then why would why would they want him or why, why would Oswald want to kill president. Well, now here's the facts that came out. Yep. They did confirm finally years later, because again, they've released all these documents, right? Um, in President Trump's uh, era, right? They finally released these these documents about, because uh, it's been over 50 years for the assassination. So CIA top secret documents finally can come out after all this time. But when we got them, a third of the pages were blackened out. So what did we learn in the revelations of the pages of the JFK assassination? That they confirmed that Harvey Oswald was a informant was paid by the CIA in some capacity and worked for the CIA um, before when he was in the Soviet Union, right? So clearly he was in the Marine Corps, said he left, and then they paid him as a, uh, not an official CIA agent, but a paid informant to do their bidding in some fashion. All so stinkly intertwined, all this So stuff. now we, we just 
movies came straight back to mobs, yeah, yeah, Hitman. After the documents came out, everybody was like, boo, you finally got 50 years and they, they still blacking out the majority of the documents. So Trump's like, no, 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 we need to release all of this. And apparently there was a big back and forth going on for a couple months of exactly what they should do. So they release more of it on blackened uh, documents, but there's still a bunch of it blackened. And it is to be assumed that it's still covering up identities of people alive today. Absolutely. You know, and, and you look at all the things that have happened in our government and they, it's, it's the good old boys club. They all are watching each other's back. They're all trying to protect the Kennedy dynasty because, uh, you know, nobody said he was a, a sweetheart of a man. He was doing all kinds of crazy ass things too that we didn't know about. I mean, they're all just trying to protect each other, trying to protect the presidency. And and I get it, but are we ever going to find out what really happened? When when the shooting occurred down on Daly Plaza, The supposedly the shooting was in the, from the Texas Book Depository. And to this day, you can go to Dallas, Texas, and for 10, 12 bucks, you can go up and you can tour the top of the Texas Book Depository, that one floor, and they pretty much have left it exactly like it happened back in the 60s. As you walk in there, you start out, it walks you through the whole day of the presidency. There's, there's, You get a headset, and they'll show little video clips of him arriving at Love Field, and it walks you through the day. It walks you all the way through the end to the assassination, and then you... Uh, watch Walter Cronkite in black and white telling the American people that President Kennedy has been shot dead. And when that happens, you're sitting there looking over in the corner. Now, the area, the window that he supposedly shot out of is um, now plexiglassed off. You can see in there, and they still have the three boxes stacked up with the books in it where he supposedly leaned his gun out the window to shoot. And you can see, like, all the boxes. You know, if you're familiar with, like, fresh cardboard boxes, how the edges are pretty pristine and pretty sharp, you know? But you can see right where supposedly the gun rested and, and made a little little Indents. divot yeah. in there. And, and and to sit there and just think that, you know, did Oswald actually shoot from up here? Or is this something that the government wants me to see? And, you know, they walked over there. Diversion, with, yeah. They walked over there with yeah. a baseball bat and just kind of pushed down on box. the cardboard just... on a box. And that's where he shot from. People saw, said they saw Oswald run down the stairs afterwards. But there's people also that saw Oswald in the break room while the president was driving by. It's just he said, she said. It's just absolutely crazy. And I don't know if we'll ever understand exactly what happened that day so now let's uh, play devil's advocate just for a minute right i was involved uh i was over in vegas for a business trip uh during the famous you know now world was it nation record vegas shootings so was it 556 people were uh were injured and out of that like over 100 were killed out of the uh, vegas shootings i can't remember what was it like two years ago jimmy three you were years there. ago yeah you were there because we were trying to get a hold of your sorry ass wondering if you were okay did yeah. you die? Did you die? Well, okay, so what happened was there was a shooter in the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas Casino, and he decided to prompt himself on the side of a building and rent a sp- uh, requested hotel room out of it to look over at a country music festival concert uh, that was going on below. I happened to be there, got a little early because I was spending the week there for a conference, and let me tell you, I was right there um, ne- next door looking for my buddy at the Luxor, and suddenly I started seeing all these like jean shorts and cowboy hats, and I'm like, I need to get the f*** out of here. <laughs> so my disdain for country music is why I'm a 
live today, but I proceeded to go on because I had like a marshmallow concert to go to. So I proceeded to go uh, toward back to my ho- uh, hotel at the Cosmopolitan. So it was a ways down the ways down the strip for sure. And, you know, shots go off the whole thing. And I'm seeing people like, you know, running down the street. And people in Vegas are by far the most susceptible people in America. Like you're talking about like, you know, big titted blonde bitches in four inch heels trying to run down the street. They break their stilettos and be- gash their head right in the stairs. So you're seeing a bunch of people that actually have legitimate gun wounds. You're seeing a bunch of people that just out of the mad animal hurting running have injured themselves in many different capacities. It just gashing their head on the you know side cement steps or whatever else. It was complete carnage. You have no idea what the fuck was happening and the amount of stories sitting there in ground zero your phone's going off news stuff is going off people are asking you for your scenarios and the stories you hear oh there was a band of the taliban like they were shooting they were all on the ground they were shooting a bunch of different directions and everybody had some completely whacked out fucked up story there was nothing there but because they have cameras everywhere in las vegas they got to pretty much lock down how the las vegas shootings without much of a question but just from the carnage like oh people saying oh Oh, they were shooting, you know, two blocks up. You know, like there's multiple shootings on the block. And then as soon as they got confirmation that people were legitimately getting injured and they're seeing herds of people go up the strip, they military locked down every hotel. Like they had fucking SWAT in front of every hotel. And it's amazing. Like they actually have security policies for like terroristic acts. They put like, you know, barred doors on everything. No one comes in or comes out. Whole, all these hotel rooms are comped if you can't leave. It's a it's a crazy deal with a bunch of people on guns. Ground Zero, everybody's saying that they're getting shot everywhere. No one knows anything. And now, knowing how chaotic people do in a group, right? You're talking about a parade with the president. Everybody hears echoes. E- everything's done in such an obscure way to really fuck with people's heads. And then, oh yeah, I hurt myself over here because it was ricocheted off the light. Oh, I hit myself over in the cement because pieces fell off of me because I was dodging my own bullets. You know, I can easily, just out of my own experience, believe that the populace will always suck shit when it comes to stories. Everybody will have their own thing because they have their own real legitimate fear and they have no fucking idea what happened. They just saw the president's head splatter. Absolutely. Oh. And then and then you, you talk about... There are so many different, you could watch literally two months of specials that have been on TV about different ways that they think the president was shot. There's a, the last one I saw, they were saying that the president was shot from behind by our own secret service who pulled up the long guns. They had the car directly behind the president had secret service in there and they each had a couple of long guns, they called them. And they're saying that they pulled up the long guns when the shooting started and that that final shot came from one of those long guns because as they took off, the guy fell back and shot the long gun and shot the president in the back of the head. Every time I watch this Pruder film, to me, it looks like he was shot from the front. I don't know if, if what you guys think or not, but I mean, every time I see it, I think there's, he was shot from the front. Well, in the in the Zapruder film, the, you see he, he turns his head a little bit, but not like full back. But you see like side side-ish of head, you know? And you just see him go, and you see some splatter come out. So the only real things that we have to uh, match trajectory is one shot. And that's the shot that cracked his head. That's in the Spruder film no. so clearly. No, you don't. You well, had, no, because you also have what, what went into got the guy in front's shoulder. Right, but they can only guess the angle on that and how the muscles would react. And there's no such thing as, you know, bullet specialists to know how shit goes through well, muscle they, and all that They stuff. called it the magic bullet theory. And we all wore that. And they're saying the one bullet created seven different wounds. Sure. Went through his head. Skip through whatever so, one of these. Sh- they, they show where he was shot back in the shoulder and then and then hit went into Connolly and took out his wrist and whatever right. else. So be- because that we have this really shitty forensics in the 60s, the only one that we can go off of that we know the traje- complete trajectory of is the headshot. 
we know that that was from an up angle and probably did come from uh, Oswald. The rest, we have no idea. It came from somewhere in the southern uh, half of the car, anywhere of those buildings in any angle. Who the hell knows? Right. And so I've been down there on a couple occasions. The first time I went down there with a friend of mine, the one the one story I will share with you is that I went down there. And it was a very, 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 very hot day. I mean, it was in it was in the high 90s and we were there the first time. I was with um, my boss and two other guys from, from uh, the area that, uh, up here in the Northland. And we went down there and we toured the area. We went through the Texas Book Depository. Um, we did the whole thing. And, and these guys are all hunters and we're all talking about the same thing. The one thing that was really strange, and I'll just, I'll throw this out there. As we left, somebody said, he said, you know, that was really cold down there. And I said, yeah, I, I agree. It, it just, it gave you a chill to be down there at ground zero where this happened. And everybody had the same feeling, but nobody said anything until it was brought up later on. So the next year I had to go down again. I took down a, a different group of people with me. I had told them about this area and they wanted to go down there. So I kind of took the little tour down there, took them down there. Once again, I run into uh, this guy named Bobby J. Dobbs. And he's down there selling his book down on the street where this happened. And of course, me being the smart ass that I am, I go, so is there anything new? Anything new on the case, you know? Right, right. And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh, what, what's up, you know? And so he reaches in, into his um, little backpack or whatever he had, and he pulls out these these uh, Dallas, uh, it's a Dallas newspaper. It was the, uh, I think it's called the Herald or something. I'm not sure. Never been to Dallas, I wouldn't know. And, and anyway, he goes, he goes, check this out. It said, uh, gas line explosion, you know, blows up car. And I go, oh, that's, that's interesting. And he goes, you want to hear the story behind all that? I go, sure. Yeah. He said, so everybody's seen the Zapruder film. He said, which was filmed from the grassy knoll area. He took us over and showed us exactly. We stood where Zapruder was filming. And, um, so you, you know where he was filming from and, and you're kind of looking around and he said, now he points up to one of the government buildings. He says, so he says, up on the fifth floor of that government building over there, he said there was a gal that had brought her dad's brand new six or eight millimeter color camera and it brought the camera uh, to work because she wanted to film the president going by. And anyway, the uh, she couldn't get out of her office, so she filmed from the fifth floor. And as she, she filmed it, and after the carnage happened, she put the camera underneath her desk and took off down to the street to see you know what, what was going on. So of course, it was Friday that he was shot. So all weekend long, they shut down all the buildings down there because they were they're searching the buildings looking for shooters or they're doing their investigation and she didn't get back to work till like tuesday or wednesday i believe is when they finally opened up the building by then zapruder um had given or what he, he sold his film to life magazine how much was that for robs remember hundred thousand dollars well it said uh, initial 50 and then a hundred thousand dollars for the uh zapruder film so zapruder now is it estimated to worth 16 million right the actual film now that's uh is worth about 16 million dollars that was back in the, a few years ago right so zapruder had come out and said he had this film life magazine stepped up and said we want to buy it and life magazine bought the other one they spent the hundred thousand dollars to get it and then it wasn't in 76 after they've utilized it and then still own rights to it they sold the original film back to the family back in the 76 family. for a dollar right just to be nice to the family but life magazine really has investment in this as uh, a lead right and so what had happened is during this time that zupruder had released this film he started getting death threats immediately people were like you, you can't be releasing this murder of our president they're upset because this is an actual murder that is being shown on film and people were upset so the gal back to the gal from the fifth floor of the neighboring building she gets back to work on tuesday or wednesday i believe and she kicks something underneath her desk she looks and there's her dad's eight millimeter camera in color and she looks at the looks at it and goes oh my god i wonder if i have anything here she 
takes it home, shows it to her dad, and they put it up on the wall because that's how you did it back then. You had to put it up on the wall to watch it. And from that higher elevated viewpoint, you could see shots apparently puffing up in the middle uh, of across the street from the grassy knoll. You could see like shots and they determined that there's probably multiple shooters and that this would blow the case wide open because it's a completely different angle and you could see poof, 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 poof of that coming up. So anyway, her dad said, there's no way we're going to give this to anybody because the Pruder's getting death threats. We're going to put it in a safety deposit box. Well, that's 1963. So now it was in the 90s and uh, I'm not sure when Fox came out. And I'm talking Fox talking about the... Uh, the new station the new station yeah. and, and and the whole station itself mm-hmm. but anyway um so the father died in the 90s the daughter is going through his belongings and finds this film in the safety deposit box at the bank she takes it home it's in pretty pristine condition she watches it and stuff and she goes contacts her lawyer says we're going to sell this thing and make some money and so they called abc cbs nbc and fox who were the big four at the time i don't know if cnn was it back then anyway they each were able to bring back uh two or three people to come view this film so they uh brought all these big executives they told them what they had they said we're going to sell this to the highest bidder and we're going to uh show you guys this thing and you have to leave uh everything in that room could record that can record at the door at the door so they searched these people they came and they watched it and they showed it and the gentleman i was talking to was a friend of one of the guys from fox and he says he knew that I was here as a child and I had physically seen this happen. I was with my mom. I was like 12 years old. He goes, I saw this happen. And he wanted me to come and verify, you know, that this looked legit. And he goes, I watched it and I'm going, this is going to blow the case wide open because all the different angles, you know, the, the different areas you can see where little puffs of dust are coming up from the shooting. Anyway, after they met, they told everybody the bidding starts at a million dollars and <laughs> highest bidder gets it. Two million, three. Yep. Stuff like that. And so anyway, this, this gal and her lawyer pack up the film and leave and go back to the bank and put the film in the bank. She gets home to her house and and her house uh, has a picket fence in front. And when she drives up to the house, her dog and cat are impaled on the fence. God. And she goes into the house. Oh my God! She goes in the house. Her house is ransacked. And now you have to realize this is back in the day when you had answering service, an answering machine, mm-hmm. and the answering machine had several different voicemails from the same male voice saying, "Put it away, or you're dead." She calls up her lawyer and says, "Here's what just happened." Explains to him. He goes, "I'm going to call my friends at the police department. We're going to get you to a safe house." And he comes over, gets her. The police are there investigating this whole thing. They take off. They go to the safe house that the Dallas police have, and they get into the house, and the phone in the house rings. They look at each other. The lawyer answered it. He goes, seriously, put it away. You're dead. He said, take a look out your window. And when they looked out the window, then the explosion happened in the street of the car they just drove. And so the car that they were driving over to the safe house blew a 30-foot crater into the ground. And, and lit up and so anyway this film was then put away and far as he knew that the film was still at the bank and that they, they had so it still could be there to this day to this day they're saying that it's probably still there in this bank and that that they were told to put it away or they're going to die and they just out of fear put it away put it away, put it away. Yeah. so i mean do i have any proof of any of this no, just, no. A, just a story i heard on the, on the street yeah speculation but then again he shows you the clipping showing you the crater in the middle of the street. And he goes, here's the best part. He goes, there's not even gas here. There's no gas lines here. But they're saying it was a gas line explosion. He goes, so to this day, he says, I have friends, he said, that work for the gas company. They go, yeah, there's no gas lines anywhere near there. And 
to this day, somebody's still covering it up, saying, you know, gaslight explosion. <laughs> Figure it out. It's just crazy. Have we have we beaten this horse now? I feel I like we've, we've gotten now. the facts. Yeah. We've given some perspectives. We did the you know the deep dive into Lee Harvey Oswald and JFK. We, and what we haven't done is like deep that. fry this shit. What do you mean we haven't deep fried? We it? haven't deep fried this. I didn't even get to tell you my best my best story. Mm. Please, my best story. Deep fry this, Jimmy. Third year, third year. I'm there. I I. Um, that's when my fascination with autographs came to part. We were down the same freaking trade show. I'm going to make you an autograph, Jimmy. Don't worry. No, I don't want your autograph. Unless it's on a big fat check. Ooh. So we, we go down there. This time I have the same people with me that I had the year before. So we'd already seen the JFK area where he was assassinated. So one morning I went out to get, um, get something to eat. And I'm walking down the street and I found a place called Autographs, Autographs, Autographs or something like that in, in Dallas, Texas. And so I walk into the place. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. They just opened up. They're part of a strip mall. And if any of you remember how you would go into a record store and you go to the record store and you would just flip through the records to see what, what different titles are there. Well, that's how they had the autographs. They had all these autographs from all these stars, country stars, 1960s people, uh, astronauts, all kinds of autographs, memorabilia. And I, I just became went in there and I became fascinated with all that. And I took a look at all this stuff and I'm talking to the guy that, that's running it and stuff. And I said, this is really cool stuff. And he goes, you've never been in here before? I said, no, I'm from, from Minnesota. And I just wanted to take a, a walk this morning and get, a, get a, a breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee or something, you know. And, and uh, he said, yeah, he said, we got everything, everything you could imagine. He said, we pretty much have here. He said, my dad used to work for Desi Lou Studios which was Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. And when Desi and Lucy got divorced, um, Desi Arnaz lost his mind and said, get everything in this office the hell out of here, throw it in the garbage. And back in the 60s, the stars of of uh, TV would come in and, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they would go through their, their show. On Thursday, they would record it. And then Thursday night, they would go through and edit it. And if they had to re-record anything, they would do it on Friday. But on Friday, the stars would come in and they were only there till noon. And so while they were waiting to see if they had to do any more studies, they would sit there and sign autographed eight by tens of themselves. If you were a fan of that, say the Lucy show, and you wrote in the Lucy show and said, I'm a fan, they would send you an autographed picture. So this is how they started their business is their, their dad takes home all these goddamn file cabinets and he's got 200 autographs of Lucy and Desi and, and everybody on the cast. And so that's how they open up this store, just to give you some background. So as we're there, he's showing me all this crazy stuff. And I said, what's uh, some of the cool stuff you ever sold? He goes, well, right now I got a Jimi Hendrix guitar case autographed by him, you know, and I've got, um, he had a, a pair of cowboy boots from John Wayne that was autographed, you know, asking $50,000 for it. I go, I go, what's the coolest thing you got in the back as a joke? You know, he goes, well, I'll show you, but you got to put on white gloves. And anyway, um, he came out with this envelope and he opened it up and I put on the white gloves and stuff. He hands me this thing and it was Lee Harvey Oswald's toe tag. Oh, oh. So I got to hold oh. Lee Harvey Oswald's toe tag and it just recently was sold, wasn't it? For a tremendous amount of money. I remember right so that was just holding a piece of history in your hands just give you some background about this place it was just incredible and that's where I, my fascination with autographs and and memorabilia came from and stuff but but to have a piece of history i mean they had lee harvey oswald's toe tag they also had stuff signed by abraham lincoln but so some, did they let you take off your sock and put it on your toe to take a picture uh you know what i would have the actual camera back then because there were no phones back then early 90s I suppose selfies were weird back in that time you didn't even yeah. have like one of those disposable like crank cameras <laughs> what about the ones where, where go, what about the ones where just polaroid yeah just shake it a little bit and yeah I, hey. I, I didn't think that day i'd be holding a piece of history in my hands how dare you do you imagine seeing a dick pic that way 
And then just send it in the mail. Hey, that's what we're bringing dick pics back for. You know, <laughs> Polaroids <laughs> look smaller. <laughs> but but now this... we thought they was like cameras at a couple inches. Not Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. But but now uh, in this day and age of of all creepiness and weird stuff, uh, morbid memorabilia is a huge thing. Huge thing. Our our, our uh, the crazy guy, helter skelter guy. Um, who am I talking about? That it just died in prison. Oh no. I don't, I don't think I know. Oh, who was it? Charles. Charles Manson. So Charles Manson. Thank you, person in the live studio audience. There we go. Charles Manson would doodle pictures and then sell them from his from his jail cell. And people would pay tons and tons and tons of money for it. And people collect all this crazy stuff from serial killers and whatnot. And uh, I would imagine there's all kinds, you know, anything history related like that worth a tremendous amount of money. So, Trent... What is your uh, conspiracy theories on this? What, what are your thoughts? I, I I just still think it was the whole mob CAA thing. Mob wanted him dead. Oh, 100%. Fingers in the CAA. 100%. CAA is just the hitman. And they're just they're protecting it. Not I don't believe for a minute it's to protect uh, different uh, different people that are still alive. Um, I believe that it's just to stop the entire uh, the the involvement and connection between the CIA and the mob. That that's it. Because if they have proof that the mob killed the uh, president of the united states and that the cia owned the mob boom your own government killed the president no what about the reverse done what about the reverse way though the mob owns the cia no 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 see because it sounds like the whole it sounds like the cia is the hitman the mob hired them to kill the president in all probability the mob wanted him dead for their own reasons because they're getting a ton of different pressures right. for the JFK. So why not hire the CIA? So the CIA just let it happen. The CIA? The CIA just let it happen, even though they're in cahoots and to bed together. That That's probably what happened. We'd like to believe otherwise. Now, going in the idea that we're protecting individuals, what on earth individuals would matter in this day and age? Well, in 2016, with the whole, uh, you know, skyrocketing of the Republican different campaigns, because they had Hillary Clinton, which is basically a throwaway candidate on that year. People can argue that. Fuck you. Uh, Ted Cruz came out as uh, has possible ties to the JFK assassination. It was his dad, wasn't it? Apparently his father somehow was in this. His father was Lee Harvey Oswald's, uh, let's see here. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald being, you know, shot, Trump said on Fox News in a phone interview. Oh, then it's for sure. I mean, the whole <laughs> thing's ridiculous, right? Did he tweet about it? I I don't know. Oh. At this point, uh, again, I'm reading some more uh, quotes. Trump kept calling his attention to the claim. All I did at this point was point out a fact to cover the National Acquire's picture of Raphael Cruz and crazy Lee Harvey having breakfast together. Crazy Trump said in remarks while he was in Cleveland, Ohio. As for Donald Trump's references to the National Enquirer as a reputable news source, we don't know. But this absolutely spiraled out of control. People trying to dig up uh, Cruz's dad, Rafael Cruz, and, text, uh, and connections to Lee Harvey Oswald. And, and it's they, been spiraling ever since. They ever come up with anything solid? Uh, apparently not. nothing that matters. Hmm. They definitely have proved that there was definitely some interactions with uh, Oswald to uh, Cruz, his father, but nothing past that. So I, I just pulled up on, on the old internet and showed a picture of the toe tag that I held in my hand, showed it to Trent. Sold for $56,000 just recently. But now they have uh, his actual hair attached to it. which it, di- it didn't have any of his hair attached to it when I right. when I held right. it. So apparently this is something that they put on to add a little more authenticity to it or something. I don't know. But it's, it's just freaking crazy that people would spend that kind of money. But, um, you know, there again, you'll probably see that in the Smithsonian Institute someday. No, it, well, here's the thing. If you, you buy something 
like that. Wouldn't I don't know what you I don't know what you guys can you know if you guys believe in the paranormal or not. But stuff like that, if you believe in the paranormal, would have some karma. The spirit, some karma connected spirit, yeah. um, attached to it, and you bring this into your home, put on your shelf for safekeeping, and it, it just seems like. Your house would be haunted if you had that from... It would bring some bad karma into your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I I totally agree. The um, If if you go to the uh, Smithsonian Institute's museums in Washington, D.C., they have all kinds of crazy stuff on display, including Fonzie's jacket, Archie and Edith Bunker's chairs that were in all the family and stuff. And I really think something like that belongs in a museum, personally. Oh, I think it does, yes. You know, because, I mean... They have stuff from Abraham Lincoln that he owned. Um, I've talked about it. I don't know if it was this podcast or another podcast about um, over in our neighboring city of, of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, they have a Judy Garland Museum. Well, that and, was you that brought that up last episode. Yes. Yes. And so anyway, the scene from, from The Wizard of Oz when the characters are going around the city square behind the horses of many colors, that carriage was in gone with the wind but previously before that it was owned by abraham lincoln and still has his name on it you know and oh to, my gosh and to me that is the coolest thing ever that that thing was actually used after abraham lincoln owned it as a freaking studio prop right recycling exactly yeah so it's just incredible the stuff that you can find out there but, now jimmy yes there's something you told us i guess i didn't i didn't know about this but there's something you told us that i think everybody else should know in case they didn't know about this about jfk's wife oh jacqueline yeah. About her. Well, the um, I've bought in several books on the whole JFK thing. And uh, so if you watch the Zapruder film, uh, it's it's disturbing in its own right. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you guys want to have the Zapruder film, I'll try to put that in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. And anyway, you, you watch it and they're in an open air convertible, which that I believe is the Ford Motor Company has that on display in Michigan, I believe. I'd have to double check on that. But uh, the particular um, carriage that he's riding, and I don't know what kind of car it was. But anyway, that is now, you could actually go see it in a museum. But you watch as they're going down and Kennedy is shot in the head. And you see Mrs. Kennedy jumping back on the trunk. And you see a gentleman come running up and who pushes her back down in the car. That is Jacqueline. Because well, well, many of them thought that she was hopping out of the vehicle because she was scared to get away from the shooting and then all oh, then people thought that she was jumping or not jumping but she was trying to grab the hand of whoever whoever that was it's clint hill and yeah he, he's a north dakota native he's written several books about it it's this whole thing has haunted him his entire life mm-hmm. and he was just uh on a speaking engagement here the last couple of years talking about his book and stuff very interesting guy right so then they thought that he was grabbing grabbing his hand to get him onto the car quicker or yeah, what what he had said is that she was trying to recover the back half of his head that had hit the trunk oh, to grab it because she wanted to put it back on and oh. so they could sew it back on. You know, and and then you you talk about when they get to the hospital and the secret service takes over the whole hospital and they find a bullet on the gurney which kind of disappeared afterwards. Um they hustled his body out of there before Texas state law says if somebody's murdered in that, they have to do the autopsy there. But they said, nope, the president's going with us. And they actually busted through and took the president's body, uh, you know, on Air Force One. And if you see um, those famous pictures of uh, the vice president getting sworn in with Jacqueline Kennedy standing next to him, the reason she wore her bloodied clothes to his, you know, she wouldn't take off her clothes all day because she's covered in, in the president's blood. And she'd wanted the American people to see what those bastards had done to her husband. And that's why she wouldn't take it off. And I believe that that pink outfit is also in storage in the smithsonian institute as it should be 
As it should be. I don't think it's ever been displayed, but I think they do have possession of it. As it should be, yes. Now, there's another conspiracy. Let's just go over modern conspiracies. Aliens. Bullshit or not. Uh, JFK body doubles is is pretty pretty huge now. Uh, because of the fact that they think that it's just so obscure and it could easily have been someone behind him in the Secret Service that JFK himself was in on it to get his brother into the office because he no longer wanted to do it. He wanted to peace out and it became such a huge global catastrophe on trying to set up this, you know, vague guy that the CIA worked for in a building and making it such an inaccurate shot and all this heinous bullshit that they put a body double in. They brought him to the hospital, made it disappear because they knew that once identified, it wouldn't be the president, right? That's why all of this shit has fallen through and why there's so much speculation that was the government because... Hell, it was. And then the government really doesn't have too many, you know, malicious ties with the mob at that point, because if the president's in on it, I mean, that's the only clear thing that makes sense. So once he assassinated himself, it went way too far that he expected. And then he had to travel to South America and hide forevermore. Is he living with Hitler? That's where Hitler went. That's the idea. Is yeah. that everybody disappears in South America? Yep. Right. Yeah. If you ever watched that crazy thing on Nat Geo about about the Adolf Hitler thing, that yeah. one creeps me the fuck out. They they said that that Adolf Hitler lived for years and years and years that he faked his own death. So they had these guys do like if Hitler was still alive type uh, you know sketches at certain periods of times, and then correlate it with pictures that they found in public places of Hitler somewhere in the background. Creepy stuff. But okay, so that one's trending. Right. JFK body doubles. Right. And then there are also like different conspiracy theories, like you said, UFOs. So JFK wanted to believe that the government does not need to hide anything. Right? He wanted to dissolve a lot of these government agencies that were sucking a bunch of money after World War Two. And he believed that everything should be public knowledge and that he was going to let Area 51 knowledge expose and that the CIA had to shut him up because they're going to risk exposing the Area 51 programs. 100 percent. Yeah, no way. I mean, it, it seems like a logical, well, <laughs> logical, but it seems like something that would cause for assassination in a sense. You know, you want to you want to give away top secret information. Well, you have to get rid of the problem. I mean, the, the problem being the president. I mean, presidents say what they want, but I mean, there's an interview with Barack Obama talking about Area 51. And he goes, if there's aliens at Area 51, he goes, they won't show me. Yeah, he also talks about that there was no there was no hiding anything in his administration, too. Yeah, he was one of those that they we firmly believe that the CIA is covering him up from him. So, yeah, I mean, everybody is out there to cover everybody's ass and do whatever they want, and it's all about the almighty buck and being in charge. It's, it's just one of those things we will never, ever know. I, I like the body double thing. I think it's great. Totally, like, out blew the entire thing and then had to leave his family and move to South America. So how would you like to be that guy during the job interview saying, you know, you kind of look like the president, and what we want you to do is just, you know, kind of be like a body double and, and just... I mean, it happens to, you know, Take different... a bullet for the president? Yeah. It happens to kings, Literally. emperors, queens... Do you want to serve your presidents, country? Presidents, prime ministers... Yes. I want you to take a bullet for your country. Yeah. You know, there's, We're at to the head. There die. was documented oh, Lincoln body doubles that they had to do in certain areas where he had, was supposed to just show up for, uh, you know, face value, uh, but it was too risky for him. I mean, there's history of doing this all over the world, why wouldn't JFK do that? Well, I mean, you look at Hitler. He was well documented. He had many, many, body many, doubles, many body doubles. Many body doubles. He's got to make that little, uh, you know, what was it Cha Charlie Chaplin mustache on anyone? They look like Hitler. The chap lip. The chap lip. The chap lip. Well, we, all right, we should do a, we should do a podcast on Hitler then. Let's do more modern ones. We can do a well, we can do a Hitler one. So, Jimmy, this conspiracy theory of JFK is still well and alive today. And let me provide you some of the fun, in-depth places 
is Reddit, and this is where we really need to deep fry this hard. For anybody that doesn't understand Robbie, he loves Reddit. Reddit has all the answers. I'm a big fan of Reddit. And, uh, you know, Reddit's I want to give a shout out to our roommate, Michael, because he informed me of this and I had to do more research on this. Um, they're like, heads just do that. It's a hashtag that's trending. Heads just do that. So they're going on to like sh- a shitty, uh, shitty science uh, subreddits and then, you know, like prove my fake theory. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun ones. So this one's a question is if no one shot JFK, did his head just naturally do that? And uh, it goes down to like, you know, mind blown. Mind equals blown. Mind equals blown. <laughs> uh, theory, a bird actually hit him at 3000 miles per hour. That's true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it goes to like extreme crazy ass. So who's who's the founder of Reddit? Trump? Maybe Jackie was stroking him and his hand squeezed too a little bit too tight. No, I don't think that happened. Well, we don't know. (laughs) Definitely possible. Uh, He actually sneezed with his eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) You know that's a good one. Uh, It's a tragedy unforeseen, consequencing a treating explosive diarrhea with a butt plug. See, head blew right off. Pops out the head. Not very respectful. (laughs) He was secretly trying to divide by zero. In the front, in the back seat. That's right a terrible one. Uh, could be what happens when you hold a sneeze back and a fart at the same time. That's possible. You're, you're getting, uh, you're getting it. Uh, you're half right. Note in the famous video, he was shot in the neck first, which actually caused the blockage of the artery drains his blood to his head. Moments later, his head literally exploded from the built-up pressure. See all types and types of theories. So Jimmy. Oh my God. This is very alive and well just for you. Yeah, I'm glad there's nothing sexually oriented. They call it the no bullet theory or heads just do that. I could show you how... Wait, back up. I could show you how, how to, to kill a guy with two tea bags and a piece of wax paper. Yeah. I feel oh like that's, a, that's a movie quote. Definitely. Movie John Wick quote. or something like that. I, too, listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. See, there you go. Joseph Rogaine. Joseph Rogaine. Yeah. They just go on and on and on and on. I don't think these people... Roger were. elbowed him in the head. He must have read the classified files early. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he probably, he's probably at that point where they're going to talk about uh, how he's banging Marilyn Monroe, and his head just went... <laughs> 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 oh. Maybe his nuts were drained. <laughs> it was more of an implosion, and that's all we uh, saw. Well, what was interesting is that both both him and his brother shared her. <laughs> And there's proof of that. Oh, my God. It's a true story. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Nope. Um, well, Mar- I know he had, like... JFK was banging Marilyn Monroe. The plot thickens. I, I heard that, but I also heard, like, he used to bring just, what was it, female... Well, he would just bring, basically, sluts up in, yeah. up in the, what is it, the, in the White House? Or into the White House, into the pool area. Yeah, where they swim. Po- the pool yeah. area is now no longer there. Right. He can see, hate see some 70-year-old men in the pool. But anyway, I mean, there's actually movies where, you know, they're talking about the president would, would tell Marilyn, well, you know, you, you should make you, bo- you should make Bobby that? feel good. How can you Google that? JFK and Robert. Kennedy share Marilyn Monroe. It's true. I know. I <laughs> no, I believe you. That's the weird part about it. I believe you. I mean, let 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 let's look at this. There is plenty of Marilyn Monroe to go around. I mean, think about it. <laughs> Holy crap! And, and and for some other useless trivia that you want to know about. So mm-hmm. so who was the first person that was in Playboy? Marilyn Monroe. You know where, where Hugh Hefner was buried? In Marilyn Monroe. Right next door in the same mausoleum. Oh. So Hugh Hefner got buried next to Marilyn Monroe because he said it could never get any better than that. All right, all right, let's 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 go into one more like fucked up theory. All right, you you said the Marilyn Monroe they're sharing, right? They got real close. They were sharing. His brother killed him. His brother killed him. Really? Why he not? Looks... He wanted to be president. He already has the uh, Kennedy name. He looks Kinda nothing like, he... like him. 
you know, they they understood that they're a political family and that they're they're gonna do it. So he looks killed him. Nothing his like his brother him. flat out killed him. And then like we even see the articles. Body double my ass looks nothing like him. <laughs> that's not body double. That's, that's his brother. You that's his ass. brother. Uh, but yeah, that's his brother. You're looking at. Well, it's probably a different dad. Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> uh, the FBI warned Bobby Kennedy a book was coming out revealing his affair with Marilyn Monroe and blaming him for her death. Oh, they had something to do with her death. Absolutely. Right. So that again, Bobby k- kills Marilyn. Another tie to the whole situation. Bobby had been on the phone with her several times that night when Marilyn Monroe passed away of an oh. overdose. Yeah. Quote, air quotes, overdose. Mm-hmm. What are you making that noise? What is that? Da, 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 da. Creepy you know, ambiance. You know what that is? I don't know. Creepy ambiance. What I, what I need okay. you to do, the next time you use a microwave, close the fucking door because it's just melting <laughs> your goddamn brain cells. But it's so cool looking <laughs> at is, the this hot is, pocket. This is, what, this is what Robbie does. He just sits here and be like, I'm going to make some cool sound effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did that do? I don't know. It's freaking yeah, so yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys got any more deep frying? <laughs> I got nothing. You want creepy? Fried. Listen to that Sarah McLaughlin song. Whatever that is. Be careful. Your head could just do that, Jimmy, listening to Sarah McLaughlin. What happened? Your head could just do that, Jimmy, listening to Sarah McLaughlin. No, there's there was the last one I didn't read. <laughs> is uh, Chubby Checker played his song for the one millionth time and Kennedy's head exploded. Jesus. The twist? Yeah. That's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great fucking song. It was song. officially the one millionth tick and then JFK's head exploded. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, you took something so respectful hey. and took it right out hey. of the shitter. Hey, when were you born, Jimmy? 1964. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this happening. It was the year before I died. I'm just the year before you died. Best conspiracy. <laughs> the year before I died. Before I best died. conspiracy. Died. Your dad busted a nut so big it made you and killed JFK. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. You're just the reincarnation of JFK. JFK could have nailed my mom. We don't know. <laughs> he was banging maybe, Marilyn. Maybe my your mom grandma. Was, no, my mom was hot. She could. <laughs> 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 I could be JFK's son and I could just fucking cut your throat right now. You wouldn't nothing happen. <laughs> it's not going to get better than this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now it is. We'll keep on going and talking about shit we don't know anything about. Go That's to why I have the disclaimer in the front. Don't worry. Go to deepfriedconspiracies.com. <laughs> I won't come in your eye. On the bottom of the website, you'll find our information. Email us. No, don't. Send us a message. No, call don't. us. No, call, call Trent. And give I, I want a t-shirt. Don't call at, me. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy's the load that killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, please, Discord, make that. Put it in there. I really want to get a shirt of that. I know where you <laughs> sleep. I really want to get a shirt okay. of that. Please. I know where you both sleep, and there's going to be a load in both your hairs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ignore the man standing over you with his dick in his hand. Hey, we already talked about the moth, man. <laughs> the moth, man. That's true. Guys, we're just starting up this podcast. This is, I think, like, what, episode four or five? Four. four. Let's episode talk about four. it. You know... Share this with a friend. That's what we ask. We <laughs> kind of like a venereal disease. Share it you with know. a friend. Yeah. You know, like, hey, these guys are See, this, complete assholes. This is one of those things where what happens in Vegas doesn't have to stay in Vegas. Hey. You can wow. spread it like the STD you got. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and after you, you listen- never answered my question, by the way. What was your question? You said you talked about the faggot. The faggot. <laughs> the faggot. No, we don't <laughs> say Vegas. Vegas. I just read Vegas. I heard that. You talked about the <laughs> Are you okay over there? No, it's so funny. He's you just, got jello in you your talk, underwear? You He's thinking about, about the Jimmy load. No, she talked about the... the, 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 the 
<laughs> talk about the JFK. <laughs> Stop it. I am the load that killed JFK. <laughs> Talking about the Vegas. You right? talked about the Vegas shooting, and I asked you if you died. I didn't. You die. just zipped across it. I did not die. Like a zip okay. line. That's all yes. I wanted to know. Although it was really fun calling my wife in the middle of the night, being like, I just want to let you know. Yeah. When you wake up and you see the news, know that I'm okay. <laughs> Just realize, yeah. what you know right now, I'm okay. About what? There was a shooting. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm calling you. Yeah, I didn't even tell her why. Moment. I gave her no no conclusion because I wanted her to sleep and be like, you see the news? Know that I'm fine. Yeah. And she just what? went right back what? to sleep. And, and she goes, she goes, oh, you, you didn't shoot people, did you, Robbie? He went, no, I, I didn't just shoot know anybody. that I'm okay. <laughs> but, but, but uh, you know, it was the load of Jimmy's dad that <laughs> shot these people. Yep, it's the Colby load that took him out. Hey, no last name. The Colby load. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. dunking on you. What what was that? Something about Mary. Remember that? You remember that movie? Something How the about hell Mary? did you get the beans over the Frank? You remember that scene? No, I'm talking about something about Mary. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the movie. Something about Mary. He's gotten in the room. He zipped up his pecker and his balls. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking Frank about some beans. I'm Frank ta- some beans. I'm talking about the part where she's got the jizz hanging from her fucking earlobe. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening to Deep Fried Conspiracies. (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so.